Hallelujah. Father, we love you and we honor you. Father, we thank you that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, tonight we come to get impartation by the Spirit of God tonight. Father, we thank you for unction by the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you that everyone here tonight has ears to hear. Father, we are not just hearers of the Word, but we're doers of the Word. Father, I thank you that as we speak forth your Word with boldness tonight, I know that it's going to impact the spirit of the man. I know the Word I speak tonight will penetrate their spirit. I know that. And Father, I thank you that as it gets penetrated into this spirit, man, the Holy Ghost is going to confirm. The Holy Ghost is going to, as the Spirit of Truth, going to reveal His truth. And then, Lord, we're going to be doers of Your Word. Doers of Your Word tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we're sowing in good ground right now. The engrafted Word of God, which is able to save their souls. Father, I thank You tonight we're going to see some change thinking and launch them into a place that they've never been before. Hallelujah. Tonight's not insignificant. Tonight is very significant. Tonight is divine impartation. The Holy Ghost has something to say. Hallelujah. He who has ears, let him hear. And Father, we thank you that miracle signs and wonders follow the preaching of the Word. Glory to God. Father, we trust and rely on you and the anointing. Hallelujah. We honor you and we praise you for us in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo, you can be seated. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Are you excited? Amen. Much stirring in the Spirit tonight. Amen. Um, Almost six years ago, it would be six years, April the 11th, we started Anchor Faith Church in St. Augustine. And it's exciting to be a part of new works. Um, But you understand, there's really no such thing as a new work. The bottom line is, everything that starts usually getting some kind of transfer growth in the first place. Um, But... There's a lot of works that have started that God didn't ordain in the first place. And um, so, you know, you got to def- define, and, and Pastor Huffman, I know on Sunday morning, clearly communicated, it's not just good enough to be in church. you got to be in the church that God assigns you. Period. And uh, uh, I'm going to try to help eradicate a few traditional thoughts tonight so that you can actually live in great success. Okay, I'm gonna, I want to make a couple of statements to start out tonight. Number one is this. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without a purpose. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without a purpose. The second thing is the greatest challenge in life is knowing what to do. The greatest challenge in life is knowing what to do. You get into church, most of those people, well, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. Most people, because first of all, they're living a tra- they're living a tragic life because they don't even know what their purpose is. Uh, aren't we talking about live on purpose? Aren't we talking about live on purpose? Amen. I mean, since you're here, you might as well get something, right? I mean, because you can go home if you don't want a thing. 
That's fine. But those who came, if you'll receive, there's a divine impartation that you'll take with you. The greatest challenge in life is knowing what to do. Is seeking the Lord and trying to and hearing what He says for you. You understand, God is not an ignoramus, number one. God knows what He means and when He says it. And when He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18, God placed us in the body, each individual, as it pleases Him. Since when do you have a decision on what church you go to? And since when do you have a decision on what part you play within the church body? But I'm going to help eradicate why that falls in the church tonight so that you can get out of that thinking and actually begin to seek the Lord because some people may be living tragic lives without purpose and they um, are in a challenge because they don't know what to do. Number three, the greatest mistake in life is being busy but not effective. The greatest mistake in life is being busy but not effective. A lot of busybodies. A lot of people putting these little notches on their belt. Oh, but I did this and I did this. And they're all busy, but they're not really effective. They're not really effective. Amen. You want fruit that remains. And when it remains, that means past your lifetime. Amen. You want to be able to be about the Father's business and being effective. It's not good enough just to be busy. You have to be effective. And the third, or the fourth thing is the greatest failure in life, get this now, is being successful in the wrong assignment. The greatest failure in life is to be successful in the wrong assignment. I mean, Jesus Himself says, what good is it a man to gain the whole world? What's he going to do? Stand before the King of Kings one day and say, no, 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 let's look at my portfolio. Let me give you my P&L, my profit and loss. Let me show you how successful. Let me show you how many businesses we did. Let me tell you how many people we impacted. He said, I didn't assign you to do that. That wasn't your fit. That wasn't your purpose. That's not what I created you to do. I never asked you to start one company. And I never asked you to do that. I never asked you to do none of that. What you did was your own. Those are your own works. Mm. And it's just going to burn up. I'm telling you, the greatest, there's, there are people walking on the face of the planet, you know, again, feeling successful because they're seeing things that look like success, but God's not ordained nothing they're doing. Now, when we start talking about purpose, it gets me jacked. Because it's all about purpose. Destiny. You're not on this planet because God said, oh, where did you come from? Well, glory. Jesus, did you know? No, 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 ain't none of that. There's no mistake pregnancies. There may be some wrong pregnancies. There may be some conceptions out of sin, but it doesn't take God by surprise. Amen. God knows what's going on. And God has a destiny and purpose for people. He'll cause people that the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. What the devil means for bad. He'll cause things to turn to good and bring glory to Him. Amen. God, people are not insignificant in the eyes of God, but they have to follow His plan. What good would it have been if Moses... Would have said, now I'm a man, my gosh, man, let me tell you about my parents. My parents, man, they poor people, man, they, they Hebrew people, you know, and, and they couldn't provide for me, right? In fact, they were trying to take care of my life because, you know, the Pharaoh at the time wanted to kill all the boys my age. And so what my parents did, and I thank God for my, my family. I thank God for my mom and dad. They, they really love me. I love you, mom, you know, on TV. I love you, mom, you know, doing I love you. I just really appreciate them. And they sent me down on that Nile, and that Nile River took me up there, and my little sister, you know, followed with me. And so, lo and behold, guess whose house I go to? I go to Pharaoh's house himself, and his daughter pulls me 
me up out of the reeds, man, and she sees I'm a baby, and then she said, man, I need somebody to help this baby grow up, you know, so I, my sister goes back and gets my mom, and my mom gets to breastfeed me, you know, until I get weaned, and then I'm in Pharaoh's house, and guess what? I get the best schooling on the face of the planet. I tell you, I got a PhD. I have the greatest uh, uh, schooling on the face of the planet. I, I, I understand. And look at the things that we have built here. Now I want you to understand. Look at this temple right here. And I want you to look at this pyramid right here. And I want you to look at all the success, you know, because all that's going to be transitioned over to me because, you understand, I am now the son of Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh's daughter. I got prominence here. I, I'm moving up in the realm of government and realm of leadership, you know, and I got things going on and doing all these particular things. And then he dies and stands before God. And God looks at him and says, I called you to deliver my people, not to build buildings. Not to get a degree in Egyptian philosophy and education. I called you out of a place, back into a place, to deliver a nation. So many people are making great mistakes in life. Thinking they're successful, running after what, we're, what we hear in America as success. And God Himself is saying, i got a different purpose for you. you got to understand what your purpose is. I'm going to say these again because it's going to launch us into where we're going. You ready? The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without a purpose. The greatest challenge in life is knowing what to do. The greatest mistake in life is being busy but not effective. And the greatest failure in life is being successful in the wrong assignment. Matthew chapter 15, verse 3. Hallelujah. Ma, ma, ma. Matthew 15, verse 3. <clears throat> Jesus is talking to religious people. And He says, and He answered and said to them, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your traditions? Why do you... Okay, now I'm going to be reading out of the New American Standard all night. And, I, and unless they have that transition, translation in the computer, you're probably going to be seeing King James, I guess, all night. So it may look different, okay? But he says, why do you transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to deal with some tradition tonight that you might have thought was a commandment of God. You might have thought was a commandment of God. And you've got to be man or woman enough to not take my word for it, but to go back and search the Scriptures to see if it's so, and let the Spirit of truth reveal it to you as so. Amen. Pastor Daryl Huffman launched me into this message tonight. Uh, and when he went there last night, I said, mm, Lord, you're setting us up. You're setting us up. So those who didn't come back, they're going to miss a chunk. They'll have to get the CD, and it doesn't have the same anointing as being in it. But it's still anointed. Let's turn back over to Matthew 24 and verse 14. He ended on the Scripture, did he not, last night? Didn't he end here? Then he began to uh, give us some opportunities to see some things. Oh, my, my, my. Hallelujah. Are you there? I'm going to have to check some things off. i got so much flowing up here. i got to make sure I got past it. It says this. This gospel of the what? Kingdom. Of the what? Kingdom. Shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then. And what? And then, the end will come. Listen, this is not just any gospel. It is the gospel of the kingdom. It's the gospel of the kingdom. Now, 
if we're going to learn to live on purpose, then we must identify, because we understand Jesus is our type. He's the one we follow, right? Isn't that the one we follow? Don't we supposed to follow Jesus? Okay, then we need to determine, did Jesus live on purpose? Did he or not? Okay, now the question is, what was his purpose? Woo, come on now. All right, we could go here. Uh, and Pastor Mike's my, my concordance. Where, which scripture was it says that he came to destroy the works of the devil? Isn't that in 1 John? 1 John chapter 3. Turn over there. Come on, I want your eyes to see it. We're going to be going everywhere. If you can't flip there fast enough, just write it down. 3.8. It says, the one who practices sin is of the who? Devil. Is of the who? Devil. For the devil has sinned from the? From where? Underline the beginning. Underline that in your Bible. From the what? The beginning. Okay. The Son of God appeared for this what? For this what? For this purpose to do what? Destroy the works of the devil. Of the devil. Turn over to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Purpose. He says, for this purpose. Right? I came for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. John chapter 18. We pick up here. Jesus is fixing to be crucified. And He's standing before Pilate. In John chapter 18 and verse um, 33. And it says, And Pilate entered in again and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the new religious leader of the world? Did he say that? Are you the newest religion in the world? Are you bringing a religion to the world? Okay. Pilate says, Are you king of the Jews? Now, what's Pilate? Pilate's a governor. Do we have a governor in the state of Georgia? A guy or girl? Guy, is he any good? Okay, I don't know. I mean, that may be debatable. And we're not going to debate politics. But he's a governor. Now, what kind of position is a governor? He's a government. Is that a government? Oh, come on now. Help me out, please. Okay, he's a government. And he would understand government positions. And he asked Jesus if he was in a government position called a king. He said, are you a king? Now, look what Jesus says. Jesus says this, verse 34, Jesus answers, Are you saying this on your own initiative? Did others tell you about? Which makes you think, does Jesus think he's a king? Pilate answered, uh, Pilate answered am I not a, he said, I am not, uh, not a Jew, am I? Your own what? Your own what? Oh, not church. Well, we'll get to that. Your own nation and the chief priest delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, verse 36, My, my what? Kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, So you are king. Jesus answered. Here it is. Look. You say what? No, you're mistaken. I'm really just this new religious icon called Jesus, and he's the head of Christianity. 
No, he says, you said rightly or correctly that I am a king. Now, here's the problem, see. Mm. We aren't looking at Jesus as king enough. Now, there's a lot of people that think of him as king later. But is he king now? Okay. He goes on and says this. For this. For what? For this. What's the King James say? What's the New King James say? For this cause. That sounds a lot like purpose, doesn't it? That sounds a lot like purpose. Sounds kind of, for, you know, for this purpose, I came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. Well, is that the only purpose? See, because all we talk about is you just need to get right with God, make sure your sin is forgiven, so that when you die, you can go to heaven. But Jesus said, no, there's another cause. There's a cause. He says, for this cause, I was born. They said, He says, I am a king. He says, you say correctly, I am a king for this cause. For what cause? For the cause that I'm a king, I was born. Right? And for this cause, I have come into the... What cause? I'm a king. That should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 9. No, 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 no. no. Um, let's go to Matthew, if that's where it's at. Let me see. Let's see if it's in Matthew. May not be. La, 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 la. Which one is it where the little shepherds? Mark? Go over to Mark. I want you to see it there. Mark. Mark. What is it? Mark chapter 1? Oh, it's not Mark, is it? It's not Mark. Is it Luke? It's Luke. Turn over to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Man, I'm going to help you tonight. We're talking about original purpose tonight. Because you can't understand your purpose if you don't understand the original purpose of Jesus. Since He's the one you're following anyway. If you don't understand the one you're following and His purpose, then you'll never understand your purpose and get in your purpose. Luke chapter 2, verse um, 6. And while they were there, the days were complete for her to give birth. And she gave birth to, to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end, not because he was broke and couldn't pay for it. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of, Lord, of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good, what? Glad tidings are good news of great joy, for, uh, which will be for all the people. Good news is, an, is, is, is the definition of gospel. When we say gospel, that means good news. And Jesus said, for this cause, I was born. Now remember, we lost this thing saying in Matthew twenty four fourteen. That until the gospel of the kingdom is preached, then the end will come. Okay? Now, we know he comes to destroy the works of the devil. He had that purpose. But he also says, for this reason I was born, because I was a king. 
king. Okay? And so, good news is coming because the king has shown up. So, gospel of the... Because kings have kingdoms. Okay. <laughs> Woo! Don't want it to get tight. It ain't going to get tight in here. You ready? He said, look what he says, verse 11. For today in the city of David there has, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the what? Now what is Lord? Lord is a position. Okay. <laughs> right? They said a son has been, a child has been what? Born. A baby has been born. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior. Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a what? Baby. Wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And there, and suddenly there appeared with an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, uh, um, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. And on where? And on where? And on where? Okay, peace among men. <laughs> With whom he is what? Pleased. Isaiah chapter 9. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 9. Woo! When I heard this for the first time, I couldn't go to sleep at night. I walked out to the car and I started shaking. It hit me. I remember when I went to Bible school, I was raised in a particular denominational church that only had uh, this sliver of truth. Because you understand, don't put this church in a box. Don't come and say, what kind of church are you? This church believes the Bible. Okay? You understand? Whatever truth is in a Baptist church, this church believes that. What they don't believe, they we don't believe. If they don't believe it, we don't believe it. Because we believe truth. Now, if they can't accept the truth that, we, that they're preaching, oh well, but we do believe Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave. Don't call this church Pentecostal. Okay? Because what you do is you put them in a box. Well, they believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave, and then you can be endued with power from high and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with heaven speaking in tongues. But there's other things that in certain Pentecostal churches they don't believe, like healing. But don't put this church in a, in a box and call them word of faith. Don't do that. Because see, what you do is somebody's trying to label you and trying to tell you what you got to be. No, just be the Bible. Just say, what does the Word say? And live it. Well, I went to this particular denomination church that gave me a very sliver of truth, and what it does, it just got me through the door. And that's all I knew. And I went to Bible school. Uh, later on, I ended up going to another church. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost without speaking in tongues. And then I ended up going over to the Bible school that I was attending. I sat in the first class, and the particular instructor taught on faith. And the first five minutes, and, and I had been preaching for a little bit now. I wasn't in full-time ministry. I had a youth ministry that I was with another church at the time. And, um, you know, we were blowing and going. Went from one teenager to over 75 teenagers in this real small community. Had two prison systems coming to us. And, you know, we were blowing and going. And the Lord says, you need to get better trained. And so he sent me off to get trained uh, concerning some trees that I needed to identify with. And so um, I got around uh, this thing called faith. And they started preaching faith. And I looked at my wife after five minutes and said, I don't even know the Bible. I mean, they were just exposing things. That I, and I got mad. After about 30 days into school, because I'm thinking, now I was raised in church all my life and they didn't teach none of this stuff to me. 
The Holy Ghost is going off of me and saying, yep, ain't that good, ain't that good? I'm thinking, my gosh, where's this been all my life? Well, now, part of the problem was that I wasn't studying for myself to find it. I was dependent on somebody to preach it to me. Okay? I wasn't studying to show myself approved unto God, a workman who need not be ashamed, rightly divine the word of truth. Okay? But then on that day, I, I never turned back. I never turned back. And I tell you, God started revealing truth, and that thing shook me to my core. There were some things, and I became a human sponge, so to speak, in the spirit realm to grow and get everything that God had for me. And then, and, and, and I was growing and going with God, and I started tapping on this thing called kingdom and started looking at God's kingdom a little more, and then God took me to a place that I need you to go here. And I went there, and this particular individual had a little more knowledge and studying in the realm of the kingdom and started opening that thing up, and it shocked me. And I've never been the same. And I've never come off it since I started ministering it. Everything is right. Anything else is wrong. Now what I mean by that, it's missing the weight. It doesn't have the forest. The problem is, we got too many tree preachers and not enough forest. You understand? You ever heard that statement before? You can't see the forest cause the... And you understand, faith, healing, prosperity is set in something. And you need to find out what it's set in and what it's set in and how what it's set in operates in order for you to actually operate in the tree properly. All right. Isaiah chapter 9, you there? You ready? Turn to verse 6. Woo! Here we go. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given. Who's that? Who is it? Who is it? Okay. I'm glad you're there. Ready? Now, let's talk about Jesus. He said, a son will be given to us, a child will be given to us, and the what? What? The religion, right, of Christianity. The what? The government will rest on whose? His shoulders. Oh, it's a lie from the pit of hell, separation of church and state. In fact, you can't do it. There's no separation as far as God's concerned because He is the government. Oh, glory to God. Come on. He says this, And His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the... Of His... Of His what? Of the religion of Christianity because it will take over the world. We're going to change your thinking. Okay. So there'll be no end, no end to the increase of his government or of the peace on the what? Throne. That's a government position on the throne of David and over his what? Kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. And then on and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Now when I say kingdom, I'm telling you right now, most of you are saying, I've heard kingdom. I know what you're talking about, kingdom. I've heard, we've talked about the kingdom of God here and talked about the kingdom of God. You know, did Jesus talk about the kingdom of God? In fact, if we turn over to Matthew chapter 4 verse 17, it's the very first thing he ever said. Did he not? He said, repent for the the what? The kingdom of heaven is where? Is near at hand. The word repent is not a religious word. If you define it in the Greek, and I know your pastor's already done this, Pastor Brian has, is the word repent means literally to change your thinking and actions. To change your thinking. Repentance does not mean, Oh God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, Lord, please, please forgive me.
forgive me, Lord. No, 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 no. Because God didn't come to establish His kingdom on people being sorry. He didn't establish His kingdom on people being sorry. A lot of people are sorry for things they do. Esau, just read the Bible, man, in, in, in Hebrews. In, in, what was verse 11? It said that, he, he, uh, that Esau sought for uh, re, uh, forgiveness uh, when he was re, trying to repent, but couldn't find it. Why? Because he didn't really change his thinking. He's crying out to his daddy, Daddy, come on, bless me. What about me, Daddy? Please bless me. Don't you even have a blessing for me, Daddy? He said, No, nah, man, I didn't give it to your brother, man. He, you know, he tricked you. He's going to trick me again. He's going to do time already. He's going to do it again. Come on. And then he walked out of there, right? And what was his heart? Was he had a change of thinking? No, he went and said, man, when daddy dies, I'm going to kill him. That's why I can't find repentance. Because he ain't changed his thinking. His thinking was always about him. Self-centered just about him. It's only about me. It's what I want. I'm hungry, man. My gosh, can't you see I'm dying? Come on, I need some food, man. Give me some soup. He said, I'll give it to you, man, but you got some of your birthright. Oh, what is it to me? I don't care about it. Give me. Mm, gosh, don't worry about what you're going to eat. <laughs> All right. So we see here this government. Oh, my, my, my. Are you ready? Okay. Let's go to Colossians. Hallelujah. One thirteen, Colossians one thirteen. There's quite a few scriptures. Now, I don't know how well your butt's conditioned to, to long preaching, um, but I'll just tell you this. If we get on into this thing and it gets running hot, just stand up, walk around, and then sit back down because I don't think you can get anywhere in this room that you can't hear me. All right? And I have no problem with that. All right? Because I'm going to tell you right now, listen. Anchor Faith Church, when I say that, I mean not only St. Augustine, but I mean Valdosta is established on this, a vision, a purpose. Purpose is not defined by time. Purpose is defined by God. That means if it requires that I would have to preach to you two hours to try to get the purpose in and out of you, to get your gift come up out of you, you need to be willing to sit around for about two hours. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you want me to give you one of the greatest misconceptions is in the church right now, well, you know, we want to take care of our people. You know, we're concerned about their time. Most of your people, if you're coming from another church, I'm fixing to preach to you, okay? Most of your people, when they get out of church on the hour, on the hour, Okay, they go home. They don't pull up in that Bible. They don't run home and say, Glory to God, Pastor's message was so good. Let me go back through those Scriptures and study them. I want to know what God says. No, they go home. They turn on their TV and they disconnect from the thing that they just heard. And so excuse us when we try to push vision and say we need to get by two hours because there's so many other hours the world's been influencing you and we're trying to change your thinking. We're trying to get you to repent from what you see in this world. Oh my... Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, For He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the, what is it? Kingdom of His beloved Son. The, you, before you accepted Christ as your Lord, my gosh, I hope you did, your Lord and Savior, not your get out of hell free card. Oh, I got Jesus. I'm going to go to heaven when I'm done. Okay, we good. I do live life like I want to. No, He ain't Lord. He ain't Lord. He ain't Lord. He ain't Lord your life. No, 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 no. He ain't Lord of your life. If that's your, if that's your take. No, He's your religion. He's your religion. You've reduced Jesus to a religion. You've reduced Christianity to a religion. I submit to you, in America, Christianity 
is not has not much more power than Islam. Now I know that's shocking. But let me tell you, when people recognize Jesus as Lord, life ceases to exist for you. How in the world can you keep doing your own will when Jesus couldn't? Well, I just don't feel like going to church today. Well, Jesus for sure was in the synagogue. He says, Daddy, Mama, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? He said, I don't speak anything on my own initiative, but only what the... And you feel like you got an opinion. Oh, okay. Okay, well, let me tell you what I think about this. Let me tell you what I think. I'll tell you what I think. And Jesus says, I never talked about what I thought. I only talked about what I heard from my father. No, you're not in kingdom. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, and this is sad. I'm going to tell you right now. Listen to me. Listen to me. I, I need you to get this. You know, you know why you're here? Well, <laughs> oh, I hope you're with Anchor Faith Church, Valdosta. If you are, I want you to understand something. You're going to set this place ablaze. You're going to set this place ablaze. I'm going to tell you right now, because if you'll grab hold of this, it will radically change you, and your whole message will be so fine-tuned that you will shock the city. You'll shock them. It, it will take religion, any religion in them, and I'm talking about Christianity religion, it will rip it out of them. He said that you were rescued from a domain. That word domain means authority or power. It means you, there was a power over you. Was there not a power over you? Come on now, you heard it. Man, i just a sinner saved by grace. Right? I, you know, we all sin, fall short of glory of God. Sure, yeah, you're right. You're right. But let me tell you something. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. You're saved by grace through faith. Now you are a son of God. Why are you going to cheapen God by calling yourself a sinner still? That's tradition. Well, glory to God. You know, I'm just like everybody. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's the only difference between you and me is I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I am not a sinner. I am a believer in Christ. Now, does that mean that I can sometimes sin and I can blow it? Yeah, when my mind's not right with what the Word says. But I'm not a sinner. My spirit, man, has been removed. The old has passed away and behold, it has become new. You're telling me that God couldn't get my spirit, man, right with Him. All right. You were transferred. What is this? Now listen, the domain of darkness. And we talk about this. Oh, hallelujah. He says... Do not be conformed to this world. Romans 12, right? He said, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye by the... Of your what? Of your what? Jesus says, repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says, change your thinking. He said, be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may prove that which is God's good and acceptable and perfect. Not my will but your oh have we heard these things before yeah but we don't live these things we act like we're part of something that we're not in it's because we don't know Jesus' purpose Jesus' purpose we thought was just to get sin off us Jesus says I'm the door when you go to a store, come on now, you go to Walmart, right? 
Come on, how many of you going to Walmart here? I just went to Walmart today. I had to get something. Went to Walmart off of whatever that road is. What's that road? Norman. I went to Walmart, and I, when I went to Walmart, I didn't go. The door's just open for me. I, I didn't have to do nothing. It wasn't of my strength, of my own ability. I just walked, and all of a sudden, they just... He said, enter. <laughs> oh, thank you for these doors. Thank you for these doors. I love these doors are so awesome. Oh, I love these doors. Thank God I'm in. And then go back. My wife said, hey, did you get my stuff? Come on, people at the door, and Jesus says, There's, there, the reason the door is there is to get you in the kingdom. You're not supposed to be hugging on the door. Uh, let me help you. You ready? Golly. Let me help you. You ready? He said, what? He said, you've been transferred from the domain of darkness. The devil had your thoughts. Your thinking was assigned to his Dominion, His authority. And Jesus is crying out, repent, change your thinking. Get your allegiance off Him and get your allegiance to Me. He says, change your political party. Come on, read the Bible. What did Lucifer do? Was he in heaven? Come on, read Ezekiel. What did he say? He said, and I will. I will exalt my religion. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, I exalt my throne above the Most High. What's he been wanting? Listen, see, and again, you, 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 you're missing it. You, you define wrong words. When, the, when the, the devil took Jesus up on the pinnacle and they looked at all the... The what? Not religions. The kingdoms of the world. He says, all these I will... Now listen, it says this was the temptation of Christ. How can you be tempted with something that someone doesn't possess? You can't. So he obviously had rulership over those kingdoms of the world. Which means he had access to freely give them away. And he says... Jesus, I'll give you all the kingdoms and their glory if you'll do one thing. If you'll do what? Bow down and worship. Now, when we hear the word worship, we think, glory to God, hallelujah. We're singing. No, the word worship in the Greek literally means to bow down and to honor the name. It is a position that you do before kings. He wants, what's he been after? I want the Most High to bow down to me. I want to be the king. I want my throne to be above God's throne. I want to be the head of the government. Come on. He says, I want to be the head. What? He says, a son will be given. A child will be given. And the 
Jesus is the King of? The Lord of? He is seated at the? He says we can boldly go before the? It's not a religion. Do you understand right now in an unseen realm there is a government in operation? Do you know when all this stuff said and done and this earth's done, do you understand that you're going to go before a judge? Righteous people to righteous death is going to go before the judgment seat of Christ. The other are going to go before the great white throne judgment. That is court. It's a government. You know why it's hard? Because you're in America. You're in America. You know what the problem with America is? We're a democracy. What's happened is, is we started interpreting the Bible from our government seat. That's why people jump from one church to the next. Oh, I just go to whatever church I want to, you know. You know, I'm so sick and tired of the pastor, you know, whatever. You know, I, I just vote him out. You don't vote God out. Lucifer tried. He said, you know what, I just get above you. And then Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Why? Because where the word of the king, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 4, where the word of the king is, there's The king's word is final. In a kingdom, the king rules. But we're in a democracy. We vote people in, we vote people out. We don't like people, we have a say. We go around and cast our opinion. Jesus said there's no opinion in the kingdom. Woo, this is good. I'll tell you. It will change the way, if you, listen now, if you'll study this out, it'll change your whole presentation. It, it, listen, guys, are you ready? It says the kingdom suffers violent, and the violent take it by force. Do you know right now that there are people in Mexico that are digging tunnels to try to get into America? There are people right now in Cuba that are putting together these little makeshift rafts and are risking their life on the open sea, sharks and all that, to try to hit another nation. And we're begging people to get born again. Not me. I'm done. I don't beg. I don't say close your eyes, bow your heads. I just say, if you want the kingdom, get up and come. Because you understand, they're not coming into a religion. They're coming into a kingdom. They're coming into a gut. Listen, my gosh, listen. Ooh, come on. Come on. You ready? Let me help you a little bit. The state of the earth right now, the kingdoms of this world are helpless. Globalization makes us all interdependent. You understand when the, when the, job market, when the, the economy crashed here, it affects all kinds of other nations because all of these other nations have money tied into our nation. Governments are helpless. Economies are imploding right now. Education is failing. Man, I'm telling you right now, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. Education is failing. Listen, parents keep their kids away from church so they can study schoolwork. Media is manipulated. 
The culture of fear and insecurity is prevailing. You can't watch TV. Oh, it's terrible. I tell you, you know, I just saw a thing when I was at the uh, hotel today. It says, you know, what happened in Haiti and will it happen again? Dun, dun, dun. Fear can happen again. Now, you know, they got things on Discovery Channel now where they do these mock things of these big tsunamis that are going to come. I mean, everything's about fear, 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 fear. The economy is going to fall apart. It's going to be terrible. Everything's about and everybody's buying in on it. And then, and we have a hard time keeping people for a couple hours to preach good news. I just can't make it to church tonight. I just feel so bad. I may lose my job. I'm going to lose my job. Why don't you come to church? Because in the kingdom, you don't have to worry about a job. All you got to do is find your purpose. Because when you find your purpose, God will bring things to you. Mine, I ain't got time. Oh, we could stay here a month. Listen, all, listen, all are seeking new governments. They want democracies. They want new and better government. The world's looking for the kingdom. That's why people are looking to the outside, looking, looking out in space, trying to find some aliens. Why? They want to know another culture out there. That's why people want this utopia of this place where there's no uh, stealing and no killing and this great... Right now, NASA is planning because they found a hole in the moon that's about 214 uh, feet wide, I think it was, or uh, yards, or it could have been miles for that matter. Was it miles? Yeah, miles, 214 miles. And they are right now planning, they think, in that hole we could sustain life. And so we're planning by 2025 to actually build a colony and have it on the moon. We're looking for new cultures. Why? We're looking for a better place to live. It already exists. It's the kingdom. The good news is we already know it exists. There's social and economic crisis. Listen. God, the world says government's the answer. I want you to understand. So does God. He sent His Son who brought a government on His shoulders. God says, you're right, the government is the answer. I'm the government. Come on now. Come on, man. I mean, you read the Bible, right? Let's go back into the Old Testament. Here is, here's God. Well, who did He go? He says, Moses, I need you to deliver my people. He says, there's a nation. What did He tell Abraham? He said, let me cut covenant with you. He says, I'll make you a great... A great what? God's always had a nation mentality. Why? Because there's the people. And, and when they said, come on, Samuel, come on, Samuel, we want a king. All the other governments of the world, all the nations, the people of the world, they have kings. We want a king. We want a king. And God says, Samuel, go ahead and give them what they want. They've rejected me as... As what? See, we don't focus on king enough. We focus on God, and He is God. He is sovereign God. Okay? But he's in a position of government. And then when they got who they, who the, who they wanted, which was Saul, he, found, he, he ended up not being. And God tried to help him out by anointing. And, and what was the condition to stay anointed and have the presence of God on him? Come on, help me, please. Ready? All he had to do was obey. Oh, you ready? Turn over to Genesis. Listen, Jesus said, for this purpose, I, I came for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. That's what he said. Then he said this, for this cause, 
I was born, and for this cause I came into the world. What? Because I'm a king. It says the child will be given to us, the son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Why is this so important? Well, we know that in Genesis chapter 3, an event takes place. Got it? An event took place. Right? It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts. Right? This is good. Okay, you know, sometimes in order to get you somewhere, we've got to start backwards. But a lot of times, the problem is, <laughs> is that we, we, we've said it too much. Well, we've read the back of the book and we win. But the problem is, we've misinterpreted the ending because we don't understand what the beginning is. All right, you ready? Oh, my, my, my. He says, um, verse 14. God says this, Genesis 3:14 says, The Lord said to the servant, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go and the dust you will eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity, right, between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed, not seeds, but seed, singular. Now, who's he talking about here? Okay, thank you. I just want to make sure that no matter what church you go to, that everybody's interpreting that as Jesus. And we've already defined that Jesus is bringing a government. Okay. It says, He will bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Now, so what is God prophesying is going to take place? Can someone help me? The coming of the Messiah. And what do we say He came for? To forgive the world of their sins. Is that why He came? He came bringing a government. Now what government's He bringing? Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What did He do? Come on, help me out. He created the heavens and the earth. Okay, well, so God was bored one day. He's up there in the unseen realm, right? He's up there where He's... I mean, because anybody seen the Father? Right? Anybody seen the Father? No, does the Bible say anybody see the Father? Okay, so that means He's in a realm that you don't... Okay. Paul knew of this realm as well. Because <laughs> he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 18, he says, I don't look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary or temporal. The things that are not seen or unseen are eternal. Just because you don't see it don't mean it don't exist. Just because you don't see it don't mean it don't exist. Oh, this is good, isn't it? My, my, my. Can you bear to take more? I believe it. There's a few of y'all. Y'all want it so bad. Listen, now, so the Lord's not just up there going, well, praise God, I'm bored. I got me. I got my son. I got my Holy Spirit. We bored. So let's make a heaven and earth. Let's just do something. Is that why He does things? No. No, He has a purpose. God doesn't do anything haphazardly. There's purpose behind why He does anything. And it tells us, I need you to stay in Genesis, but I'm going to throw some Scriptures out. Maybe they can put them up there for you to help you out. Listen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. He says this in Psalms. Oh, man. Okay. Psalms 89.11 says this. New American Standard says, The heavens are yours, 
The earth also is yours. The world and all it contains, you have founded them. Who made the earth? If He made it, then He owns it. He owns what He makes. Okay. Psalms 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and all its. Okay. Good. Then Isaiah 45.18. See if y'all are quick. Ready? 45.18 says this, For this is what the Lord says, He who created the heavens, He is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, He founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be... When God created the earth, He had you in mind. He created the earth for you. Then he says this in Psalms 115:14. He says, "May the Lord give you increase, you and your children." Verse 15, "May you be blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth." Right? Maker of heaven and earth, verse 15. And he didn't make this earth to be uninhabited, but actually have something on it. Right? Now look what he says in verse 16. He says, "The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth Psalms, let me help you out. Psalms 115, 16. Psalms 115. He says, The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth He has given to men. He did what? What did He do? He gave it. When He was forming the earth, He says, I'm going to put my man on it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let's go there. You ready? Come on. And God said, let us make in our image and in our likeness. And let him have... Woo! Let him have what? Dominion. Dominion. The New American uh, Standard says, let him have rule. Oh, glory to God. Come on. Let him have dominion. Let him have rule. Let him have dominion. Let him have rule. Let him have dominion. That means he is to rule. He is to govern. You see this? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion or rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You can't be shouting about the end of a book until you know what was the original intent or why the thing started. Oh, you ready? I'm fixing to put it on you. You ready? Are you ready for this? Okay. If Adam had never sinned, where would he be living today? Why are we saying, when we all get to heaven, what a day? Now, when I say that, don't don't start locking up on me going, oh my gosh, he is preaching something new age. No, no. Adam did sin. The earth is not in the original state. He lost not a... Listen, Adam didn't fall from heaven. He fell from dominion. 
Adam didn't lose a religion. He lost a kingdom. Jesus Christ is called the last Adam. The last one. He is to restore. Why do we say redeemed? Oh, I love this. Ready? Listen, and Josh, remember this, Josh, remember? Right here, this Bible, if it falls from here, right? Okay, if I pick it up and put it here, did I restore it? No, I don't restore it unless I put it back in the original place it fell from. Jesus came to restore, to redeem mankind, to put Him back in the original state by which God ordained it. Why do you think Jesus shows up and says, Peace, be still. Why? Because He had dominion over all the earth. Why do you think He looked at a fig tree and cursed it? And it died. Why do you think He said, come on, give me some fish, give me some bread. And He blessed it and it multiplied. Why do you think that He laid hands on the sick and they recovered? Because their dirt suits from the earth. See that right there? Now, see, that puts healing in a different perspective. See, this ain't, oh, but by His stripes here. You know why Jesus took them stripes on? Why? It's to redeem your earth dirt suit. Whew, we ain't got time. <laughs> if you don't know God's original intent and purpose, you'll never walk in yours. Golly. If Adam had never sinned, he'd be where? Adam wasn't going, Lord, I can't wait to die and be with you. Oh, Lord, I just can't wait till this is all over. Me and my wife, we can be in heaven with you forever. Oh, Lord, we can't. Lord says, I don't want you up here. God's original intent was to rule from the unseen realm into the seen realm through the unseen spirit of the man living in the scene of his body on the scene of the earth. That was God's original design. Why do you think the Bible says in the end there will be a new heaven and a new He's getting it all back like it was. Why is Jerusalem coming out of? If all we're doing is wanting to... Now listen, for those who die before all... Because all this stuff's going to have to take place at some point. And when you leave your body, you'll be present with the Lord. But you understand? You understand why your body's not going with you? It's because it's your body that gives you legal access into the earth. Why is it that Jesus didn't come in some other form? Because the spirit of man has dominion on the earth only in a skin suit. That's why he had to be born of the water. He had to be born of the flesh. Oh, hallelujah. So God's original intent and purpose was to what? Destroy the works of the devil. What is the works of the devil? Hey, hey, I just need to talk to you. You got a little minute? A little time? Now, what's going on? Well, I see you pass by this tree all the time. Now, why would she pass by the tree all the time? Because the Lord told Adam, He said, Adam, listen, you can eat of any tree of the fruit and of any fruit of the garden, but of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, which means I'm not going to hide it away because I'm afraid you might do this. No, I put it in the middle so that every time you're walking through, you can always go by because I'm not intimidated by sin. Because the tree wasn't sin. The fruit itself wasn't even sin. The sin was taking a bite of what God said, don't bite. And so, the serpent, the devil who has been kicked out of heaven, has fallen to earth, and he comes into this realm and he goes, 
That looks like God. And he says, I'll get them to bow down to me. I just want God to bow down. That's all I want. He ain't changed his plan, man. He said, hey, Eve, whoo, hey, Dave, what's happening? He said, hey, so what's going on? He says, uh, so how's everything going on? You know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He says, hey, you know, can't, you know, can you eat any, can you eat anything, you know? And she said, oh, yeah, we can eat any tree of the garden. He said, she said this, yeah, but, um, we can't, uh, but of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, we can't touch it or eat it. Now, God didn't say you couldn't touch it. God didn't say that. God said, just don't eat it. All right. Well, why is Satan doing that? He says, I need to hear what the king said so that I can get them to act opposite of what the king said. Because if I can find out what the king said and get them to operate on what opposite, then what the king said would happen opposite will take place. And what did he say? He says, Adam, the day you eat of it, you will surely die. So if he doesn't eat it, he's not going to die. So God, why does he live 900-something years? Because God never planned for man to leave. God's not trying to get us to an unseen realm. See, that's why teenagers get their life right quicker because they won't think, man, I'll be 80 years old before I get to heaven and there's a lot of stuff I can do when they say, no, 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 no. You have dominion right now on the earth to bring heaven to earth. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, what? Thy will be on, on, as it is. God's not saying, what I get up here can't happen down there. Why would Jesus ask us to pray something that couldn't take place? Why? Because Jesus says this, when the king speaks, whether you're in an unseen realm or a seen realm, it don't make no difference, man. If you act on his word, it comes to pass. That's why Jesus says, listen, man, didn't I tell you that Lazarus' sickness was not unto death? And I'm glad I wasn't here. Because you know what? God only done this for me. He won't show off. Well, I've been talking. I'll come back in three days. And he left Lazarus in there in four. Because if he can do four, he can surely do three. And he said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Right? And he said, Lazarus. What did he say? He said, I am the resurrection. Glory to God. And he spoke it. And he came to life. What did he tell Jairus? Jairus said, man, my my daughter, she's sick to the point of death. Can you come? He said, all right. He said, yeah, I'll go pray for her. I'll go lay in. And so he's going in, and they're in that big crowd, and they're pressing him, and he's trying to get there. Here's Jesus. They get there. You know, Jairus, get out of the way. Come on, my God. Right? And all of a sudden, this woman heard that the king was in town. And she come in the press and touches his hymn. She kept saying, if I just touch his hymn, I'll be healed. And boom, power comes out, and he stops. Has this little conversation. You know what Jairus is doing? You lost your mom, man. My daughter's about to die. By the time he gets done with that conversation, turns. What do they do? They come to him. Oh, you got to get the word of the king. Circumstances in this scene realm mean nothing compared to what God has already said. But you understand, you don't know that unless you understand that he's king and his word can't fail. But when you get get democracy or you get Americanized in your teaching of the Word, then you'll say, well, you know, they say that they'll do that. You know, they they promise a lot of things they'll do, but it doesn't come to pass. And then you read Scripture, and then you pray to God, and then you don't see it immediately or see it as fast as you want. And you start thinking, well, you know, the Lord, I guess He's trying to teach me something. You give Him some excuse. When the king's saying, I will do what I say if you'll believe. Because I'm king. I'm king. Glory to God. 
Are you with me? Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. The devil said, oh, there's God, man. I've seen Him before. A little different. Hmm. And so he says, what? What can you do? And he said, no, we don't eat from the... He says, okay. He said, oh, you won't surely die, man. Because God knows that the minute you do, you'll be like Him, knowing good and evil. Well, did God know good and evil? Sure He did, because He kicked Lucifer out. There's evil. He says, you lie from the beginning. He knows evil. But does God want a man to know evil? I'm going to tell you, there's some things God just don't want you to know while you're being so nosy. There's some things God just don't want you to know because some of the things you could know will kill you. So, what does she do? Oh, looks good. She touched it. And remember what she said, if we touch it or eat it, we'll die. She added the touch. And when she touched it, she thought, oh, well, that didn't work. But it wasn't underneath her authority anyway. It was under Adam's. She bit it and said, hey, honey, it was fine. And he saw in the scene room, he goes, oh, wait a minute now. He forgot the word of the king. He said, okay. And he bit when he did. Boom. Their glory left. Did they drop dead? No, they lived on the earth for another... He did. You know, Adam for another 930 years. 930 years. Because he never designed to leave. So what's God have to do? i got to get it back. What's he doing? He says, listen, sin, you want to know what sin is? Let me tell you in its simplest definition. It's simply disobeying the word of the king. So why did Jesus come for the purpose of destroying the works of the devil? Because the devil's been a liar from the beginning. His word is a counterfeit to the king. And he says, I will destroy his lying, deceiving way. He is the God of this world that blind. He rules through ignorance. If you're ignorant, he can rule you. Any area of your life that's ignorant to what the king has said, he can have dominion on you. That's why Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said, change your thinking. Now I'm going to throw something out at you. Ready? You, go, you read. You go home. Let's see how good you are. You go home. And you go look through the Gospels and see how many times Jesus said, for the kingdom of heaven is like this and the kingdom of God is like this and the kingdom of heaven. He preached. That's all he preached. You know, he only mentioned to be born again once. Jesus' message to the public was not get born again. He spoke to a man privately named Nicodemus in John chapter 3. When he came and he says, he goes, man, teacher, you know, the things you do, only you could come from God, man. Only you could come from God. Oh, does that what he said? Let's look at that real quick. Let me, let me look at that real quick. I need to make sure. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. <sighs> my, my, my. Oh, tomorrow night I'll set you fire on your purpose. He says, says for no one can do these things, uh, do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Go, turn, put it on there in the King James. I'll pull that up. John chapter 3, verse, what is that? 2? Verse 2. Let me see that in the King James. You got it? Uh, he says, signs, unless God is with him. He, he's recognizing, you, you know, there's something about you and God. It's tight. And then Jesus just cuts to this chase and he says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born again, he will not, what? So being born, listen, you ready? I'm an American because I was born one. I was born one. What's God saying? God says, He told us in Ephesians, He says, This thing is not of any works, lest any man. 
You can't buy your citizenship. You've got to be born into this kingdom. You have to have legal access to the kingdom. Jesus had to have legal access to the earth. That's why He had to come in the form of a man. You don't have legal access to the kingdom of God unless you get born into it. As Jesus got born into our realm, we've got to get born into His. So, though, what did He say? And all who call on the name of the... What is He? Lord. Shall be saved. Not any works, lest any man... What's Paul say? He says, our citizenship is in... Okay, and he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Why? He says, because our citizenship is actually from another realm, another country. We're actually of another government. And so anywhere I'm on this earth that he owns, I represent his government and his authority and power go with me. Come on, you've been in another country before? You got your little passport? I'll tell you, you get in trouble and you get to your embassy... And you notice if you go to certain countries that don't look too good, the United States embassies always look good. Why? Because they get their supply from their nation. Kingdom. This is kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like this in the kingdom. And these people wanted to get in the kingdom. They wanted to get in the kingdom. They wanted to be in the kingdom. They were so much in the kingdom. In fact, when Peter preached, he didn't say, hey, anybody want to get born again? They came to him when they were pierced in their heart and they said, what must we do? I'm telling you, the good news of the gospel is that if you will get right with God, you'll actually get into his government and into his kingdom and his whole kingdom will back you. He came and restored that which Adam lost. Jesus' purpose was to give you entrance back into the kingdom. Oh, and here it is. You ready? Not only that, but gave you access to the Creator again. It says He formed a man out of the dust of the earth and He... What did He do? He breathed in Him the breath of... All right. The breath of life. Did Jesus do any breathing? In John chapter 20, it says He breathe on them, and what did they receive? See, when Adam fell, his vessel got tainted, and the Holy Ghost can't be in a tainted vessel. But when we get born again, we become the temple of the Holy Ghost. See, Jesus says, listen, I didn't come just to say, I came to destroy the works of the devil. I came to put you in a position where now you don't have to disobey the word of the king anymore. Why? Because my spirit will come and live inside you and bear witness to your spirit. You're a child of God and then he will guide you into all truth. He will reveal truth to you. He will show you exactly what the king says because the things of God are not naturally discerned, but they are spiritually appraised. God's original and His intent was to come back and get you to be able to live in a kingdom where you can hear the king's voice again. And then have access to all the stuff that's within His realm. Now what I mean by that is the authority. Are there any sick people in heaven? Anybody broke there? He says, my will there is to be done here. That's why we're talking heaven to earth. You know, and that's why that song's so powerful. That came up by the Spirit. I've been called to this city 
to establish your kingdom. Because Jesus has reestablished the kingdom of God for men. It was His purpose. The original purpose of Jesus was not to die on the cross. The death on the cross was only the doorway. It's not the end. What did Paul say? Paul says, I want to know Him. And I want to know the blood, sweat, tear of His cross. I want to know His thorns. I want to know the ripping of His back. Oh, dude, let me help you, please. Listen. Israel missed their appointed time because they were looking for the Messiah, the King to come back. When we left in Acts, man, the apostle says, is it time, now is it time that you'll restore your kingdom to Israel? Again, it's government. The whole time they're talking government with Him. They said, man, that time's not for you to know. Okay? It's all about that government. And you know what? They missed Him. Why? Because they were looking for the King to come back, to be like David again. But they missed Him as the suffering servant. You know what we preach today? Suffering servant. Jesus is no longer suffering servant. He already came as the form of the suffering servant. You know when He comes back now, you know what He's going to look like? He's going to come in with the glory. See, we we trying to throw Him up on the cross and try to get you to keep seeing this cross representation. And Paul said, I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection. What did the resurrection bring? It brought back the kingdom on the earth. That man could access the kingdom of heaven and get it into the earth again. And have dominion again. To rule and reign in this life. He says you will rule and reign in this life. Why? Because you're part of His kingdom. Now, I'll tell you, it's hard for religion. It's hard for Let me tell you. Let me, let me leave you with this. I, I, I don't know if you can handle any more of this. Religion preoccupies man until he finds the kingdom. Religion is what man does until he finds the kingdom. Religion prepares man to leave earth. The kingdom empowers man to dominate earth. Religion focuses on heaven. The kingdom focuses on earth. I'm like, Lord, don't take me, please. I don't want to go. I got work to see because I, I have a purpose for being in the earth. Why do you think Christians commit suicide? It'd just be better in heaven. And God's saying, my man Adam lived the kingdom on the earth. My man last Adam lived the kingdom on the earth. Jesus says, the works that I do, even greater. Why are we not seeing this? Why? Because we're democratic in our thinking of God.